Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hello and welcome to the main event, Mark's podcast. I'm your co-host, uh, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, current IT guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me as always, he is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia. He is the Johnny Swinger to my Simon Diamond. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? I didn't shoot that guy on impact. Oh my gosh. Is that who did it? Is it Johnny? That was the number one suspect. I think it was turned out to be somebody else. Oh God. <laughs> We're talking about Johnny Swinger and shooting somebody on a wrestling show. This is like, what's going on. That's money is what that is. We know who also is involved in this show and that show. Tommy effing dreamer. Because of course he is. Somebody needs a job. Yeah, well, that's what I said about him throughout the 90s. <laughs> I said about him his whole career. Yeah, you, you're you right. Uh, favorite thing hey, I ever... uh, and, I, and I love the guy. I'm a huge fan. He's like Jake the Snake. He's a big wrestling whore. He goes everywhere. Can I say that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, in the proper context, man, just like saying a-hole on TV is fine as long as you're talking about, like, a person and not your actual butthole. Or is it the other way around? One of the two, but one is fine, one is I don't not. No, on AEW they get away with a lot, so Yeah, AEW just gives no Fs, so zero Fs given. But anyway, today speaking of uh, all those names, today we are talking about ECW in the year two thousand. This was actually their second to last pay per view ever. And I didn't realize that when uh, I started. no. This was their third to last pay-per-view. You're forgetting December to December. No, this is their second to last pay-per-view ever. <laughs> you need to go straight to hell. I could resist. I'm sorry. 
I'm going to stab you right in the I butt. I just wanted to get that reaction from you. <laughs> Good words. Uh, moving right along here. This is uh, this is actually, oddly enough, this is their third to last com- just show ever. Because by this point, they're off TNN, or they're about to be off TNN. They did one I more think sh- they've been off, yeah, because uh, okay. Raw's back on there. So they've been, not, they've been off since at least October, maybe even before that. Wait, Raw was on in 2000? Yeah, they switched to TNN in in October 2000. Wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. But they were on there for a while then. I always laugh at that because it's like they were kind of doing business ECW for a minute. Like, yeah, why they both be on there. They were on different nights, and ECW was already in the what they call in the television industry the Friday Night Death Slot. It's not like it was yeah. competition. So SmackDown notoriously has been the only show in history. That has consistently proven that wrong. But it's a different entity. It's wrestling, so people will follow it wherever it goes, mostly. So it has... Uh, Especially I, right now, it's like the hottest show on all wrestling, so it doesn't surprise me that's like the best. Like doing well, I, yeah. Well, I think uh, Bruce Pritchard had talked about, uh, you know, they were all worried. I mean, multiple people talked about that, where they were worried about going to Friday nights. They're like, we've always been on Thursdays. And then they go to Fridays, and it's like, ah, no big deal. Uh, but... Anyway, this one, yeah, ECW was just not even circling the drain at this point. They were they were all but dead. But you know, they still had a I'll couple more shows. We compare ECW to a drainage. I'm just saying. Good grief! Uh, but yeah, so we're diving into that one, covering it all today. It is Massacre on Thirty Fourth Street. I labeled it because this is the way it was labeled: Massacre on Thirty Fourth Street, two thousand. This is the only one. So I was under the impression that they had done multiple. Uh, but no, this was the first, this was the last, this was it. Can we also just acknowledge, and I don't really, I I, I want to give them at least some credit. That's a cool name for a pay-per-view. Yeah, because I was like, is it just, you know, that because of the New York tie? It's like, no, they, like the arena is actually on 34th Street. So it all worked out perfect. So I have arena, venue, whatever the hell you want to call it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's nowhere near uh, an arena. Actually, yeah. it's near MSG, but it's not. A... <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. Yeah, I've been there personally. I was there when Jay Briscoe won the uh, Ring of Honor title. It's a nice, it's not that bad, but you can tell it's clearly made for like raves and stuff. There's, it's a cool venue with a lot of history. Uh, very small, obviously, compared to most of these places they go to. But we'll talk about that and uh, much more. But we're uh, it is take... home base too for ECW. Don't forget that. So now, I mean, well, at this point, I think they had left Billy. Oh, had they? Yeah. Oh, okay. If they were there, it was not to my knowledge, but like, yeah, they were like every time I saw a show it was in the uh, Hammerstein. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll talk uh, more about you know ECW's current product here uh, with the news and notes right after this quick break. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. All right, we're diving into the news and notes of the time. For those of you that 
haven't uh, listened to the podcast before, this is the format we do. Come in, we kind of intro you to the show and everything, bring you up to speed, and then we talk about some of the news from around the time of the show we're, we're going to be covering. And there is a lot of ECW news, a lot of WCW news, because both of them... <laughs> I, I shouldn't in, laugh, but well, I mean, I, we yeah. all know why. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're about to die at death. Um, it's just uh, bad. But so one of the stories coming up about ECW is kind of funny, actually, uh, because it's involving ECW and WCW. But we'll talk about that here in a bit. First of all, uh, Bobby Heenan is officially done with WCW, and it doesn't appear that the WWF has any interest. Kind of sad, but I mean, Except they do at WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Uh, he wait, did he, he? He was at Mania 17. I forget. Yeah, he called the gimmick Battle Royal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's what four months from now? Yeah. I wonder if they gave him like a really big payday, and they're like, "There you go, Bobby. Happy retirement." <laughs> I mean, I hope they did. He he deserved it. I mean, he'd been in the business for like thirty some years at this point. Like. It's ridiculous. Uh, the WWF held another UK-only pay-per-view called Rebellion in Sheffield, England. Do you remember this one? Any details I about it? don't remember the details, but I remember that being a annual thing. Yeah, I know they, they did a lot of UK pay-per-views. Uh, Bruce Pritchard talked Usually about... Usually in October, right before the Survivor Series. It was kind of like a, a somewhat push to the Survivor Series. That's where Michaels won the uh, European title that he carried into Montreal. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Rebellion, but it was One Night Only. One Night Only. It was, it was yeah. that event, though. Yeah, I remember that one. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't remember this particular Rebellion uh, pay-per-view. I remember they did it a couple times. Nothing, it, usually, nothing of note happened over there. Uh, I mean, they had some cool matches, but nothing that... It was one of them, as a, as a loyal listener of ours likes to say, it was non-canon for the <laughs> most part. So it was... It was almost like uh, the British version of the uh, uh, the the Saudi Arabia pay per views they've been doing, but better. The Saudi Arabia pay per views are just garbage, but that's neither here nor there. Speaking of Survivor Series, by the way, it did a 1.0 buy rate, which is among the lowest of the entire year. You know what's sad? Uh, that Survivor Series did suck. So I don't remember Survivor Series 2000. It was on with the uh, Undertaker face Kurt Angle and. He showed up in uh, Godfather's tights or pants because he forgot his own. Oh, uh, seriously? Yeah, that was the one where he had those hideous <laughs> snake-looking tights or whatever the hell they were. Oh, those story, that that makes the, sense. Story recently came out. He forgot his um, forgot his tights at home. Godfather gave him some. <laughs> so, go back wow. and look on. Now you totally get it. Now, like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense because I remember him wearing those one night on. I was like, ew, what the hell? Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's you know, wrestled. Uh, or that was him and turning on then Rock and Rikishi. And oh yeah, and Triple H and he dumped him over in the car at the end. That's that's right. I remember the car angle. Yeah, <laughs> that one stuck in my mind forever because I'm like, okay, I get that they were looking for a spectacle, whatever. But it's like that was straight murder on screen. And then Triple H comes back. I'm just a little banged up. Like what? <laughs> like freaking Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote or something. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, they, wow, the I thing just, is, I never thought of it. <laughs> I was a little yeah. hurt and fun. Yeah, it's like, oh, I've got a black eye. It's like, you were crushed in a car. Like, what? Hey, what? I also got a hangnail. Yeah, oh, excuse the F out of me. Like, a lot of weird crap happened to Triple H. He got bit in the face by a snake. He, he got dumped over in a car. Like, for God's sake, man. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty bad or good. I don't know. when. 
WWE's like, crap, we pulled in kind of a pretty low buy rate for this, you know, one of our biggest shows of the year. Who cares? The other companies are about to die. <laughs> and, you know, they, they're about to absorb them both. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guarantee they saw that and they were like, eh, get them next time. Like, they, they did not have to give a crap about either other, or like, either of the other companies at this time. So, speaking of biggest shows of the year, tickets for WrestleMania 17 have topped 52,000, and the gate is now over $3 million, making it the first U.S. wrestling show to ever top the $3 million mark. WWF's all-time gate record is $3.45 million for WrestleMania 6 in Toronto. No surprise it went that big, because the WrestleMania in Texas is huge. Huge. Well, and you got to. Th- I didn't even think also, about this until later on, but Austin was in the main event. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they probably probably knew, but like at that point, there was no main event. That's even more impressive. But also, I think the WrestleMania is one of the greatest of all time too. Let's not forget that. Yeah, so, I always put. So not, at least it didn't sell out to a mediocre WrestleMania that quick. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I would ar- even argue that six was a one match show. <laughs> so right. Yeah, I would. I would have to go back and watch it, but yeah, I mean. That's only one of two WrestleManias they were held in, in Canada, so specifically Toronto. I just heard they're about to destroy that building, too. The, the uh, Saddle Dome? Sky Dome. Sky Dome. Oh, God dang it, pal. I think they destroyed the Saddle Dome a while back. Nah, that sucks. Lots of... Uh, I, I could be wrong on that. I don't... Lots of history going down the tubes there, man. I'm so glad I got to visit it once, though. Uh, but moving on to these, this next story is... Uh, Interesting. I don't know if you heard anything about this back in 2000, but X-Pac pleaded no contest to a disorderly conduct charge stemming from an incident last year. According to reports, X-Pac and his family were getting off a ride at a waterslide park or something when a fan approached him and asked for an autograph. X-Pac evidently ignored him, and the, quote, fan slapped X-Pac on the chest and reportedly said, You think you're too good for me because you're making the big money? At which, X- <laughs> at which point, X-Pac allegedly punched the guy in the face. <laughs> And he had to pay a $170, $178 fine. I don't know where to start with that. Number one, too good for him? Yeah. And, uh, uh I mean, that's messed up. I would, shouldn't be approaching wrestlers for autographs at theme parks with their families and stuff. So. Yeah. Don't be a dick. All right. Don't, don't act. I've seen this so many times. And this is just like another PSA to go out there. I've, I've heard other people say this too. When you see a wrestler, just don't act obligated. And don't be a dick. That's why I didn't approach Will Hobbs. I saw him at my gym uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and then he later he, told you. To, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, come up and say hi. But Yeah, but, you know. You don't he's know. Diff- yeah. He's different, though. I mean, and I, I, I've met him quite a few times at APW, too. He's the most chill down earth dude. He, like, yeah. takes very much, very lot of pleasure in meeting his fans. But working out, it's a different story. You know, you're in his zone, so you don't, like, you know. Right. Yeah, Randy Orton's talked about that, too. I mean, Randy Orton... Just seems like a guy that you never want to approach anywhere at any time. But at the same time, like, he's like, you know, don't come up to me in a damn bathroom. Don't come up to me while I'm working out because I will blow you off. Anyway, here's the one that uh, made me laugh. And you'll see why. With the uncertainty surrounding WCW, Paul Heyman feels 2001 could be a year to turn things around for ECW. Oh, God. I, I, I feel so bad for him. Because even if Eric Bischoff does buy WCW without Turner paying off all the huge losses, it's still going to be a struggle for the new WCW to survive. And Heyman sees this as an opening. Does I, he though? I, it's just, it's hard. I feel I feel for him though. I feel we talk about like, the crap we want, but like that's that was his baby probably. 
I get it, but at the same time, I feel like he's talking out of his butt at this point. Like, I feel like he's just, like... I mean, yeah, but again, at the same time, this was his baby, and it's on his deathbed. He wasn't even around, but famously, he wasn't even around to pull the switch on it. He, or pull the cord on the thing. He freaking showed up at Raw for his new gig. He's like, hey, Tommy, turn the lights out when you're done. Like, really? Like, Tommy Dreamer literally closed the doors on ECW because Paul Heyman was off working in the WWE office. Okay, but to be fair, Dreamer was there longer than Heyman. So. Yeah. I'm just, not looking for excuses or anything. I'm just like, it's true. He was there longer than him, so. He was. I, well, I, I think he would have been there regardless, but, like, Paul Heyman couldn't even, like, he didn't even stick it out. He knew it was dead. Boy, and and uh, I guess everybody in the locker room said they found out that, oh, yeah, we're 100% going under when they see Paul Heyman on Raw. <laughs> because yeah. they said Paul kept blowing smoke to him. They were like, ah, uh, you know, he kept saying crap like this. Oh, we're going to turn it around. No, you're not. Just be honest. I know Paul Heyman in honesty. I know. Just <laughs> If I may have another volley, sir. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I actually meant. When I said that we are turning things around, I meant that we are selling to Vince. <laughs> and by selling, I mean he's bailing us out of bankruptcy. Us. Me. Yeah. Uh, don't expect those checks in the mail. Well, don't expect cashable checks in the mail. I mean, I'm sure he sent them. Don't be an ass. Oh, uh, well, well, what is he, Herb Abrams? Come on now. Or Dixie Carter? <laughs> That was a thing uh, in TNA, apparently, where people were complaining they weren't getting paid, and they kept going up to Bruce Pritchard when he was working there, saying, we haven't gotten our checks in, like, you know, like, two months or something like that. And he called, and they were like, oh, well, uh, we'll, we'll just send out one big check, whatever, uh, because, you know, whatever, clerical error or something. And he said everybody got a FedEx envelope, and they pour it out, and it's got, like, backdated checks for, like, two months that they never mailed out. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And they were like, look, we got paid, but what the F? <laughs> it just... Uh, I can't imagine Vince ever doing that. Just ever. And they said Especially he Especially nowadays did. with, you know, direct deposit. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, here's another one. Speaking of checks, of all the ECW wrestlers complaining about being behind on pay, Paul Heyman is only mad at Steve Carino, claiming that he's the only wrestler who doesn't even have a right to complain. Basically, Carino had a pretty bare-bones, next-to-nothing contract when he first signed with the company in 1999, but he got over so good that he was go and he was going through a divorce, so Heyman has since given him two big pay raises since then. By the terms of the contract Carino signed last year, he should be making $300 per week, but instead, he's making $1,500 per week. Heyman said, quote, he shouldn't have bought a brand new house and a $35,000 car, end quote. Wow. That's kind of crappy, though. It's like, hey, I'm kinda? behind. On, yeah, it's like I'm behind on my payments. Well, maybe you shouldn't have bought a house, you a hole. You couldn't but, have your family live in a box for a couple of years. Jeez. I was like, look, when I said I was going to pay you, I said I was like, eventually, okay, <laughs> like maybe down the line. It's like that point. scene. It's like that scene in a in Jingle All the Way. I don't have a Turbo Man here. I said you'd get one eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, it's just so stupid. <laughs> like, oh, he doesn't have a right to complain. I promised him a raise, didn't give him that raise, and and he bought all of this new stuff, planning on that raise, and now he's mad at me because I didn't give him money? What a jerk. Nerve of this guy. 
does he mean he has bills to pay? Screw you. Let him no. call. <laughs> My God. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was resist. <laughs> And Paul Heyman ditched that cell phone and he was screening like an Olympic drug tester. Right. Continuing on with all this, there's a lot of tension between Heyman and the ECW wrestlers. No. Oh, I'm shocked. Yeah. For lots surprise of surprise of the century. <laughs> but apparently it's for lots of reasons, but particularly related to a Texas house show that was uh, recently canceled. The Sandman, Steve Carino, Mikey Whipwreck, and Tajiri had all gotten themselves booked on an indie show in Texas the night before the ECW taping, and the idea was that ECW would fly them out there, since they had to anyway, and they would just pick up an extra night's pay uh, working for an indie show without av actually having to pay their own way to get there. Heyman was very upset that a bunch of ECW guys were going to work a show that would basically be competing with their own show the next night. When the ECW shows got canceled, all the wrestlers had to pull out of that indie show also, since ECW was no longer flying them to Texas. So Heyman got mad because they went and got themselves booked on a show where they might actually get paid. You're overlooking the bigger story here. Who the hell would book the Sandman? Uh, whether we like it or not, he was a moderate name, I guess. I don't know. He was... And I am going to beat this to death on the show that how how indie ECW was. I was actively texting you and <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really catch show. any of that having watched it. And then I'm like, man, I actually wish you would have told me all this. And then I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I I just it was it was very obvious to me. Like having like I, I worked backstage in an indie, and I'd seen quite a few indies happen. You've been to so many indie shows out there. It was fairly obvious to me when I was watching it back, because I didn't think about it before, but then, like, watching this, I'm like, holy crap, and all these things popped up in my head. But, I don't know, so, I'm just gonna say this, Sandman was like a top-level indie guy at this point. That's being uh, modest. Yeah. Alright, uh, a couple more stories to get to. It was expected that Scott Hall was gonna work Massacre on 34th Street, but the deal fell through the day before... And then he got arrested after a dispute with a cab driver who wouldn't take Hall's credit card as payment. So Hall began kicking the doors of the cab. The police were called and he was arrested. That's just the Thursday night for Scott Hall, isn't it? Yeah. Like Scott Hall and getting arrested go together like uh, lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> Spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> uh, kudos to anybody who gets that reference, by the way. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and last story is also about Scott Hall. Speaking of Hall, he was arrested two weeks before this for driving on the wrong side of a six-lane highway and causing an accident with two other vehicles. <laughs> Hall was a bloody mess at the scene. Police found two open beer bottles in the car. Hall said that he was despondent over uh, personal issues and had drank all night before the accident, and then he failed to show up the next morning to pick up his kids. Apparently he Good drove God. apparently he drove by the location where he was supposed to pick up his kids and just kept going. <sighs> so That's sad, man. Yeah, apparently he got I think he got into it with his ex wife or something like that, and then he started drinking and got into a wrong way crash. This is a bad time for Scott Hall. I feel like we just just every time was a bad time for Scott Hall. <laughs> Luckily bad times don't last. But bad guys do. So He's still around and kicking, which is a miracle unto itself. Him and uh, uh, Jake the Snake, man. But all right, uh, that about does it for the news and notes from the time. You ready to get into Massacre on 34th Street 
<laughs> it was a massacre. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. No, it, it wasn't. It, was just... it wasn't that great either, but it wasn't that bad. But all right, everybody, we're going to take our, our, uh, our another break right here. And when we come back, we're going to get into all that we have about the event itself. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the hydration watermelon smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Now, back to our program. It is ECW's Massacre on 34th Street 2000. It took place on December 3rd, 2000 at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, New York. The attendance was 2,600, which I would assume is a sellout. Looked like they were packed to the rafters. Yeah, or, that sounds well, about right. I was going to say, you know, not rafters, you know, ballroom ceiling, whatever, potato, potato. <laughs> uh, but we open up the show, you know, the way that every great pay-per-view starts with Steve Carino and Jack Victory. <laughs> Can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> Carino, I noticed. I, I like. I never noticed before until they started zooming in on him. He has teeth that could cut keys. <laughs> yeah, they do a couple I of zoomings like, on him. Yeah, like because I pointed out to you yesterday when we were talking, he's like he's not that old at this point, and my God, his forehead looks like just awful. He almost looks like the damn original Sheik or something at this point. He must Probably have one of his idols or something. Oh, I'm sure. I like. I I wonder if he had like surgery or something to sand that down or something because I didn't notice that in later years. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking. Like I, I didn't notice that when he was in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and they, he had they cosmetic. Said, yeah, they said probably the from all the ECW to, money he had. He's no, yeah, that that big raise that Paul promised him. But anyway, uh, I need this job. Carino, I got scars. My God. Carino is trashing all the old school wrestling champions that wrestled in New York. He mispronounces Bruno San Martino's name. Uh, over this promo, by the way, you can hear Joey Styles being introduced in the arena. So <laughs> that's the great ECW that's, production that's for you. Professional, right there, man. Yeah. At During least we know promo, this is actually live. Let's give him that credit. Right. Well, Carino's like sitting there talking. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, I have my headphones in. So I'm like listening real intently. And I just hear. And now, introducing the announce desk, Joey Styles. And I'm like, my God. <laughs> Speaking of him, we now go to Joey Styles and Joel Gertner in the ring, introing the show. That's a dynamic duo for you. Uh, predictably, Gertner talks about how he's banging our moms and how we all masturbate. So, <laughs> I said it's yeah, kind this of was a funny note that, that I made he... yesterday to you. <laughs> it's like, this is just the original, the, the what was it, uh, the birth of the Call of Duty trash talk. <laughs> Yeah, right. He just he was he was one Rachel slur away from being full <laughs> Call of Duty. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's kind of funny that in ECW, even their ring announcer has the look, bro. Oh, good god! <laughs> he looked like he was probably begging for change outside the the ballroom, and they were like, "Hey, you have a decent voice. You want to come in and ring announce?" 
We have an extra Paul Heyman's office. My gosh. Change, may I have another volley, sir? How about I give you nothing? And you ring it out for free. Yes. I will put you in an extra small tuxedo, not comb your hair, and you will uh, ring announce this entire show. I will pay you in Chick-fil-A coupons. Chick-fil-A was a thing back then? <laughs> I, it was. I, I couldn't come up with something else off the top of my head just yet. Pick that. Good God. Yeah, I don't know. What, what's a big... Uh, uh, McDonald's would have been I, an easy thing. I have expired Burger King coupons for you. Just sharpie over the end date. Uh, <laughs> after after the two the two teams come out for the first match, by the way, uh, it's Joey Matthews and, and Christian York versus uh, Christian, or I'm sorry, uh, versus Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger. They both come out to the ring, and then Don Marie comes out with a contract in her hands. Joey Styles refers to himself as the straight man of the duo. Joel Gertner says that after seeing Don Marie, you won't just be straight; you'll be violently heterosexual. Good lord. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was like, uh, what's violently heterosexual? Because that sounds rapey. <laughs> it does. I mean, it does. Whenever yeah, you add like, violently into it. Just, uh, rapey? <laughs> it does. I don't know. Gertner has has uh, has to throw in an election joke, by the way, about Florida, because it's 2000 and the election just happened, and ha ha ha, hanging chads. Uh, Cyrus gets in one of these later in the night too because of course I don't think he's allowed to say anything he's Canadian yeah I know but you even have elections up there shut up yeah I know they do but don't don't message me don't even at me bro but but of course Don Marie turns getting clients into sexual jokes saying that she needs more than just one man to fulfill all of her desires and it turns out the contract is for her her, uh, managerial services and the winner of the match will win her so I guess this was ECW's version of the TIT Terry Invitational Tournament. Bro, bro, it spells tit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's Simon Diamond. It's it's Simon and Swinger taking on Joey Matthews and Christian York. Joey Matthews, for those that don't know, is a baby-faced Joey Mercury. Yeah, this went for just over five and a half minutes. I said. Most of ECW's tag division were just thrown together singles wrestlers. Did you notice that? They didn't have, like, any actual, like, the Dudley Boys. Oh, Matthews and York came in together, so that was one. Yeah, I mean, that, I'll say that one, but they should have given him a name. It's like, uh, when they had, oh, what? I was thinking about the gangsters, but was like, how were they? They just started throwing, like, I gotta be careful what I say here. They just started throwing random black guys in there to make them all, you know, just... Well, they had, I mean, back in the day, they had the Dudleys, the Eliminators, the Pitbulls, the, the Gangstas, but then they just started getting random guys and throwing them together. Matthews and York, I felt, should have had a team name, uh, kind of like London. Well, this was like Denver. one of their first matches, so they, I mean, it could have been coming to be, to be yeah. there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I said, I kind of wish the WWE would have signed Matthews and York and kept them together. I thought they were a good team, and they were really I young. I think they did, and they put them in... Developmental, I believe. Yeah, it must not have worked out. Uh, I, You and I were fans of Christian York, like when he popped back up in TNA. Did he do that gut check thing? Yep. And he yeah, like uh, some thick braids or something like that. Like, Yeah, he kept, well, uh, even back here, he had like the, the beaded braids, and there he had just like full-on dreadlocks. But I feel like, yeah, it's like, I feel like he had a full head of dreadlocks, yeah. Right. 
but York hits the Rebel Yell, which was a top rope knee drop on Johnny Swinger to get the pinfall win, and they win Don Marie. Uncle Dave only gave this one and three four stars. I actually really liked it for a five and a half minute match. I gave it two and a half stars for average. Let's say you solid two. Yeah, it was it was good. I like all four of these guys. Uh, well, Swinger was okay. He was he was he was all right. Him and Simon Diamond, I feel, had good chemistry though. After the match, Pat Kenny, dude. Yeah, or uh, the the what the hell the something city saint or I don't even remember what the hell. You remember that one? I don't. That, we talked about it on the last one. He was the, the something saint. And we were like, oh, the, the Empire Saint. And uh, on, on that Isn't TNA that show. <laughs> Good grief. After the match, we can see Matthews is hurt. And Don Marie rakes York's eyes. Uh, Simon and Swinger hit the problem solver, which was basically a 3D that ends with a DDT instead of a cutter. On uh, York and Don kisses Simon. Joel Gertner goes to check on Matthews for whatever reason. I don't know. And then he leaves the, the announce desk. Oh, those were his boys. Were they? Yeah. Okay. I know he had an issue with Simon and Swinger because he was putting that over on the on commentary. But I, I, I didn't know. At the next pay-per-view. Yeah, okay. We now get a backstage promo with Danny Doring and Roadkill. Doring bulked up and got a better haircut. Roadkill shaved off his big... Well, I guess he didn't shave off his beard. And nor did, did Danny get a better haircut. He got he got his hair cut. <laughs> yeah, he got... Well, that's, that's like the Jeff Jarrett effect. Jeff Jarrett lost a hair versus hair match in WWF, and he didn't get shaved. He just went and got a better haircut. Well, that'd be fair. Like, they didn't reset how much hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same with that. He lost to Jericho. He just got his hair cut. Yeah, I know. That, that was it. Yeah, like that's that's the rule of the hair versus hair match in in WWE. Look, we're not going to shave. Well, except for Vince McMahon. It's like, look, we're not actually going to shave your head. You're just going to get a better haircut. All right. Like, oh, we don't. Molly like lost ball. all her hair. Yeah, I see. Molly, Molly Holly, and Vince McMahon were like the two. And Molly, I would have been more than happy with her just getting a better haircut, not getting shaved. Yeah, but, so we needed another Karen in this world. Hey, she still has a Karen cut. I, which I thought she would have grown her hair out by now, but either way. Getting back to this, uh, like I said, I, I did put in here, I guess the uh, the FBI cut their hair. Uh, Dorian says that they went to train at the House of Hardcore, which was their developmental at the time. A Wait, developmental for st- a de- I, I missed that. That was still a thing? Or that was a thing? Yeah, I don't know if it was the same House of Hardcore. It might have been. I mean, it's just, it'd be a major coincidence if it is not. Yeah, well, doesn't well, Tommy, I guess it wouldn't, be a, Tommy, it wouldn't be a coincidence. Well, doesn't Tommy Dreamer run the house hardcore now? Yeah, that's why I'm like... Okay, so still very happy. well... Yeah, very well might have been. Yeah. But that was, like, the ECW's developmental. Uh, that's what uh, Chris Chetty went through there. And, and uh, York and uh, Matthews went through there. There were a couple others. But anyway, uh, yeah, they went there to train... And uh, Doring says that uh, they're coming for the titles. And Roadkill ends the promo with saying, champion. Instead of... Instead of chicken. chicken. <laughs> that was my favorite. And I was waiting for it, too. I was like, he's going to say it. He's going to say it. And then he says champions. I'm like, damn it. I mean, that make, that, that was funny. I liked it. But at the same time, I was like, I was waiting for it. Uh, uh, something I was not waiting for, by the way. Uh, well, first we got to get to Joel Gertner is gone. Great segue. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll see why. But Joel oh, Gertner is yeah. gone, so they put the camera on Joey Styles. At first, I thought I, I thought it was a production error, but Joey actually calls out. He's like, "Why am I on camera?" 
And then Cyrus comes up and taps him on the shoulder and sits down. I was like, ah, okay, so it's not a mess up. They actually did something on purpose. So well, they did. They just, just, they just happened to have a good thought real quick to cover it up. Yeah. Cyrus, damn it, get out there. Uh, I mean, Joey Styles was fine calling the show on his own. He did it in the past. But in all honesty, I like Joey Styles better when he's got a buffer. Like, I, I actually thought, even though he was gross, I thought Joel Gertner did really well in color. And Cyrus, you and I talked about, is one of our favorite color guys in the past, so I really miss him. Cyrus, by the way, he is still uh, calls Don Impact, you know. I know. And it's not Ren- the same. Renly, an episode of AEW. <laughs> I was no, like, how, no. how the hell did that happen? But Wait, hey, he called an episode of AEW? Yeah, he called the Kenny Omega Hangman match in the finals of the tournament. Huh. Tournament, tournament bro. bro. Good job. <laughs> we did not even plan you, that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, if any of you don't listen to the main event figure federation during uh, or on every Monday, by the way, you really should. The interviewer for the Jack brand is actually Don Callis because I have a Jackal figure. But what I was getting to with uh, something I was, uh, uh, you know, not looking forward to, it was easy money. He has Chris Hamrick. Julio De Niro and Electra in his corner, and he's taking on Bowles Mahoney. That's, uh, that's Confederate currency, Chris Hamrick, which would not go over well today. No, it would not. <laughs> Confederate currency. What the hell is that, by the way? <laughs> Just uh, booze or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. There was a Confederate currency there for a while. That's uh, really rare now, but it's just like a stupid nickname. And it's like. I don't know. Like, oh, it, uh, it, it's got a bunch of C's in it. it all, it all, uh, you know, sounds good. Like, whatever. But they were the hell was this group called? Uh, the uh, hot commodity. Hot commodity. Yeah. yeah. So easy money. Just like I, I wanted to vomit before the match even started here because he comes out wearing something that Billy Gunn would have turned down on his most flamboyant of days. And <laughs> Before the match starts, he pulls down. Before the match starts, he pulls down his trunks to reveal his g-string and show off his butt for the camera. You vomited too quickly. Yeah, just all of that. And Electra, by the way, you and I were talking about her. I was like, I don't know where she came from. Obviously, she was a take on Carmen Electra, but she had ridiculously large implants, and I don't know for sure, but she was probably a porn star, or, or both. I mean, not judging. Make that money, but you know, whatever. I know she was in an episode of Sopranos as a stripper, for what it's worth. So, well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, you didn't have to try hard to win that one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and then we get balls, Mahoney. Because I heard the theme, and I was like, ah, my gosh, not speaking of the dead, but I'm never happy to see balls, Mahoney. <sighs> but I said. You gotta love the rampant, homophobic, and sexist chants of a 2000 ECW crowd. Because they they chanted that Electra had herpes, and they also chanted that Easy Money sucked uh, male appendages. So I'm almost certain they chanted the F word, or you or A, I'm gonna use the F word, and they cut that out. Uh, yeah, they chanted a lot of stuff that they just left in. So if you want to hear it, you know, uh, because why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't right you? There. Yeah. Uh, Easy Money used to do the buckshot lariat, speaking of Adam Page, but he called it the money clip. He also did the dude buster, but he called it money in the bank. 
he uh he should get some some payment from WWE. I kid, but uh, he deserves nothing. So anyway, much like my company that had money to trademark stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, I mean, easy money. He should have had money, right? It's his gimmick. <laughs> now, I will say this: I did think it was cool, and I, I struggle to find compliments about this horrible company. But I did think it was cool that his name was E Z, like E and the letter Z, not just E Y E A S Y. So, yeah, I guess I'm really fishing for compliments, but I don't know. It did look cool, I guess. I like Julio De Niro, and he didn't spell De Niro like De Niro, like Robert. He spelled it like De Niro, like the money, though. So. Yeah. Much to my displeasure, Balls Mahoney takes his shirt off at one point. I'll never get that image out of my head. Uh, I'm just that's uh, right up there. Which... It's punching the car, dude. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know. I'm driving 3,000 miles apart. But... I don't want to get hit by that bolt. <laughs> Well, that's right up there with the East or the WCW show we were, we reviewed. Uh, I think it was Fall Brawl, where they show the nasty boys get beat up backstage, and Brian Knobs is shirtless. I'll never get that one out of my head either. But either way, the match ends with Hamrick hitting a top rope leg drop on Balls. Cue the laughter. Uh, followed by a moonsault from Easy Money for the win. Uncle Dave liked this way more than I did. He gave it two and one-fourth star. I gave it one and a half stars. I thought it sucked. Let's say One you. star, whole thing sucked. Whole thing sucked? <laughs> it did. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Uncle Dave was watching. Because that just, my gosh, that was horrible. Speaking of more horrible things, uh, Hot Commodity beats up balls yeah, after that's the match. Course, folks. Yeah. Uh, Hot Commodity just hits the ring. They're beating up balls after the match. Ha ha. And of all people, Nova rushes in to make the save. He say he has the uh, Billy Gunn momentum, though, and he opens everyone. If people don't know what I'm talking about, try to find uh, uh, just something from the WWE where Billy makes a run in. He slides into the ring. He damn near slides in so fast, he goes out the other end of the ring. So I don't know why, why that was a thing with him. But either way, baby oil the hell out of his stomach. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) The baby oil badass. Uh, Nova obliterates hot commodity before we start a random match between Nova and Julio De Niro. Because how do you up the ante for this show? Nova versus Julio De Niro. This was a thing with them, by the way. This happened a lot. I know. People would do run ins and then matches would start. I'm like, and there'd be. There'd be no Adam Pierce to make it official either. It just happened. The two, the, like the two big staples for ECW shows were, uh, well, I guess three. There was this, the run in, and then a match starts out of nowhere. There's the lights go out, the lights come back on, and oh my gosh, someone is in the ring. And then the third one is almost every show ended with a surprise, good, bad, or indifferent. It was some kind of surprise. Sometimes it was the lights going out and somebody being in the ring. Actually, that was most of the surprises was the lights out, somebody in the ring. But It was always Sabu uh, until he was gone, and then they started just randomly having people. Didn't they do that with Raven when he returned? From when he WCW? returned, yes. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't even in the match. He just randomly pins the tag champs, hands the belt to Tommy Dreamer, and is like, bye. <laughs> that, was, that was weird. Uh, uh, I know spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it, but uh, I don't think anybody gives a damn. But this match between Nova and De Niro went for just shy of six minutes because of reasons. 
Balls chases <laughs> Balls chases hot commodity around the ring with a chair. He's chasing them with a chair to try to stop interference, but lo and behold, it does not stop the interference. It just keeps happening. But you know, balls is only one man. There are not two balls. No, no, they could have right. brought anyway, Axel Rotten, I guess. Yeah. Oh my long. gosh. He might have been long gone by then. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, you could have brought out Ian Rotten and his hepatitis. No. <sighs> Good grief, man. Another punch in the card. <laughs> he had to go to court for holding shows where he's bleeding on people and had hepatitis. He got fired from his job in fast food for working in fast food with hepatitis. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Uh, neither one of these guys are very good at all. <laughs> Electra gets involved. Are, are we just going to nobody... the obvious here? <laughs> yeah, I know. But Electra gets involved, and Nova hits her with a kryptonite crunch, which was the air raid siren. Balls waits around uh, on hot commodity to all interfere, and then he takes him out with a chair, because you don't want to stop him from interfering. By God, that would make sense. Nova hits the narrow with a swanton bomb for the win. Dave, for some reason, gave this two stars. I gave it one and a half. What say you? I was I wanted to give it zero, but I said one. I thought no, like I always gave Nova more credit than this. Like I didn't think he sucked this bad, and I didn't think like I well, never saw Julio De Niro wrestle before, but I heard he wasn't bad. This sucked. I was gonna say with Nova, he didn't have a good dance partner. <laughs> Did Julio suck? Wasn't he in DNA for a while? He was. He was moderate. Yeah, this it just both of these guys sucked just so much ass. Fun fact, know, we're about but... to get a brand new Nova the next month. Oh, with come what? Out like, he's, he has comes out like no shirt on, he was ripped, and he comes out to Quiet Riot's Bang Your Head, and it's like a brand, like he drops the whole intergalactic Nova. So he makes his big return just to make a gimmick switch a month later. Well, like, I think Julio Zanero and Easy Money and uh, uh, Chris Hammer too. They bust his eardrum, they say. Ew. And then he comes back and does that. So yeah. I did it. Quiet Riot. He can't hear. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I didn't piece that together till now. Yeah. I think they I would have pieced together. Spike Dudley, I think. Oh, yeah. Because you want to up the ante. Spike, F, and Dudley. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of which, Rhino is in the back. He's talking to a camera, punching a door, and talking about how everyone outside of Detroit is a woman's private part. He's very shouty and very angry. This is why, like, I, I never thought Rhino was that good of a promo out the like, because outside of, outside of uh, ECW, he was okay. But in ECW, all of his promos devolved into I can say the f word as many times as possible. Yeah, and on the next pay-per-view, he's going to talk about, um, what's the name of that girl with Blue Meanie? Uh, Jasmine St. Clair. He's going to talk about her fellation him, and oh. not those words. So, yeah, he got pretty brutal at the end. When, this was a thing I said, this was one of the things I said to you, and we'll talk about it later with Spike Dudley, too. Uh, this was, like, like so freaking indie-rific. Like, indies nowadays don't do this. I don't know about back in the day. You know, they do stuff like that for shock value, and they just give zero Fs. It's a, a very indie level thing to do. Everybody had to pepper their promos with a ton of F-bombs, talking about BJs, and everything else. It, it was stupid. It wasn't even shocking anymore. It was just like, if you watch enough ECW, you'll get numb to it. And you shouldn't ever get numb to people dropping an F-bomb in a promo. 
Yeah. I don't either. That's just, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing too. You know, I'm, I'm sure they dropped plenty of, uh, you well, know, homosexual slurs. They, they did. They chanted it at, uh, at, uh, Julio Tenero in the match, but I'm sure I'm almost certain they edited. Well, I mean, I know they did, but I'm almost certain it happened. I remember it. I, this next match, we get the FBI, which was Tony Mamaluke and uh, Little Guido with Big Sally Graciano. They're and defending he is the... a load. <laughs> <laughs> now, <you're... laughs> I wouldn't have described him as that, but you're absolutely right. Uh, now, who's punching their card today? But no, yeah, no. He, he's like they announce him as like what six foot eight, six hundred pounds. No. He's neither, by the way. I mean, I think he's closer to the six six hundred mark than he is the six foot eight mark. Uh, I did like how they announced uh, Tony's weight in fluid ounces, though. Yeah, like over over two thousand fluid ounces. I was like, what the hell? But anyway, uh, yeah, they are defending the ECW tag team titles against Dastardly, Danny Doring, and Roadkill. Uh, this match went for nine minutes. Roadkill and Big Sal inevitably get into it on the outside at one point. Danny Doring literally super kicks. To- Did Go you ahead. notice he actually dwarfs Roadkill? I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and Roadkill was a big dude. I know. Uh, but Danny Doring literally super kicks Tony Mamaluke into the crowd at one point. That was kind of cool. Doring and Roadkill nail the buggy bang, which is a wheelbarrow from Roadkill. Followed by a top rope leg drop to the back of the head. I love how Joey Styles calls it. The buggy bag! It's like really excited. We're talking like Don uh, West Pele style. (laughs) I know. Like the buggy bang. Like this was the best you could come up with for a name. Whatever. But but they hit that on Little Guido for the win. Uncle Dave gave this two and three fourth stars. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was a very average tag match bordering on pretty good. What say you? Two stars. Kind of fun. I liked it. I like both of these teams. Uh, out of all four of them, I'd say Doring and Mamaluke are probably my least favorite. I, I always thought Little Guido did some good stuff in ECW. Roadkill, I thought, was really good for his size. Like, he did some cool stuff, like, you know, dives and whatnot. This was another my, indie riffic. Oh, go ahead. My note here is, uh, where the hell was Roadkill in 1995 WWF? Because, good grief, he fit right in. Uh, he was probably too young at that point, but yeah, he would have he would have perfect been perfect there. They're like, God dang it, pal, you're Amish. <laughs> Think of the money that uh, uh, an Amish roadkill and uh, Mantar could have had. Oh man, look at the money they would have. Oh, no, right. Well, think about like I wonder if anybody offered him money to come back like and, and wrestle when they had that Amish mafia show on. They're oh, like, oh God. man. It's- a hot commodity. You got to come back and wrestle. It's it, you'll you'll make millions. <laughs> and and he just goes chickens, and he hangs up the phone. <sighs> Who came up with that crap? <laughs> Who booked this crap? <laughs> uh, my guess is Paul E. But here's another thing, and this wasn't even a thing at the time. But this was like I'm gonna I'm gonna blame them for the beginning of it. Another way you could tell they were indie-rific was everybody did a super kick on the show. It's hey, like some every of it was hit. crescent kick, all right? Yeah, you could tell. Like every, almost every match had at least one or two super kicks, and I'm like, really? <sighs> but here we go. Here's the other promo. Spike Dudley's backstage, mocking Rhino, talking about all the people that he's beat. 
He drops a ton of F-bombs saying, F you, flipping off the camera. F you, Rhino. Just a few years prior, he was teaching kids. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, they probably talked that way in the classroom too. I mean, it, I mean, if he if so he was teaching they, in New York, high school kids. Yeah, I did not leave the South Side for this. <laughs> I can just imagine him doing like that Key and Peele skit where like <laughs> where he's the substitute teacher like going off on the kids. Oh, good lord, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. It's all coming back. <laughs> he should have walked into class like dressed as Spike Dudley, and they're like. Uh, don't mess with him. He might be certifiably nuts. That would scare the hell out of me. <laughs> this next match was C.W. Anderson versus Tommy Dreamer. It, it went uh, 16 minutes, 47 seconds. Anderson starts the match by calling Tommy Dreamer a woman's private part and then spitting in his face. So, of course, Tommy beats him up. How many times are we going to get that word on the show, by the way? Only four more. Okay? They got to meet a quota. Yeah, they should have had a drinking game for this. Every time somebody drops the P word, take a shot. <laughs> you have alcohol poisoning at the end of this. But yeah, alcohol Anderson, poisoning at the beginning of this. My gosh. Since Anderson injured Tommy Dreamer's shoulder before, apparently, Tommy is working on Anderson's shoulder during the match. They fight into the crowd. They fight with chairs. They fight with a towel. And the towel boy even gets to work a spot. This was so indie level bullcrap, and Tommy Dreamer loved every minute of it. They will repeat that the next pay per view, by the way. <laughs> uh, of course they will. But uh, Louie dangerously comes to the ring. At first, I thought it was Paul Lee, but then they said Lou, and I was like, oh, because they don't show his face. They show him from behind the whole time, and he looks just like Paul. Yeah, he's, he's got he the hat, him. the ponytail, he's carrying the brick cell phone. Yeah, he's dressed like him. But uh, he shoves the towel boy down, and he gets in the ring, and he blasts Tommy Dreamer in the head with his cell phone, busting it into a million pieces. And C.W. Anderson hits the DDT on Dreamer, but he doesn't get the win. Paul Heyman now runs down, and he blasts Louie dangerously with a cell phone. And Dreamer hits the Spicoli driver on Anderson, but of course that's not the end of the match. Why would it be? Uh, here's the point where I said this is one of the most indie-rific matches I've ever seen, and it's on pay-per-view. C.W. Anderson ends up winning by hitting the 180 Spinebuster through a ta- through the bottom of a table that Dreamer had set up in the corner. For some reason, Uncle Dave gave this two and three four stars. I gave it two stars for ju- just below average. What say you? I gave it two. I'll be honest, I kind of liked it. Um, I didn't like lose my crap over it, but it was a fun watch. It was okay. I, I think C.W. Anderson is a very forgotten great good wrestler. Not great, but good. Yeah. He was, but I he ruined a little bit of his credibility with me by, you know, I know it's the whole, well, win in Rome, but at the same time, it's like, dude, did you have to get on the mic and start cussing and private part and all that stuff, just like everybody else on the freaking card. Like, what would have made him stand out is not doing that. I don't know. And then, and then of course, Tommy Dreamer has to get in all his indie spots and make the crowd pop. Oh, look, we were... We were cheering for the cowboy earlier, so now he's taking him with the towel and going up and down the ropes so we can go, whoa, whoa. And then he gets the cowboy involved. Look, he's drinking my beer and then hits him in the head with it. Oh, my gosh. Is this, did I miss the part? Was this the one where Joey Styles assured us that that kid was a drinking age, or is that the next show? Uh, it must have been the next show. Okay, it was. I didn't see Good grief. That's, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to believe them. That's on- right. It's uh, is what it's when the Sandman enters at the very last show and oh, gives the kid oh. some of his beer in the crowd. And it pulls his mouth. 
And Joey Styles, oh, yeah, that young man is of drinking age. Sure he is. Uh, look, when it comes to, you know, whether or not somebody's of age, I will never believe anybody in ECW. All right. <laughs> so if people don't get that reference, I'm talking about mass transit. But this, uh, after the match, we go to the back. The, the sinister minister bursts into Mikey Whipwreck and Yoshihiro Tajiri's locker room, saying that he's escaped his kidnappers, showing that his, his uh, I think it's his right hand or whatever is all taped up for some reason. Uh, what the hell happened here? Do you know? Uh, no, I forget. I wasn't following ECW religiously back then, so. Well. I mean, I never did. Well, with with ECW, it's you didn't follow it religiously. You followed it sacrilegiously. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's just, I don't know what the hell, if anybody can let me know what the hell happened here, uh, apparently somebody kidnapped the Sinister Minister, because he bursts in, he's like, don't pay the ransom, Mikey, I've escaped. And I'm like, uh, from hell? From the home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say from hell, because, you know, he's actually like an ordained minister in the Church of Satan. So, uh, Um, wait. I think it's coming back to me. You said his hand, right? Yeah, his hand was all They were doing off. a thing on TV where they were going to burn, I don't know if it was a Bible, I don't want anyone to hold me to that, I don't know what it was, we'll just say it was a book, and I think something got away, and something went awry, and he got burned hella bad. It just came back to me. Uh, okay. Again, said I, something like again, I don't know if it was a Bible, I don't want no one to hold me to that, I'm not going to say he did, but with what you just, I didn't know he was an ordained devil worshiper, so it could have been, don't know, not going to assume. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was well, a book. I mean, it's it's a very safe assumption. And he said, because he said something, he, he showed his taped up hand and he said something about, uh, uh, you don't think a little stigmata was going to uh, keep me away, did you? <laughs> well, this is, uh, you know, the guy that Eric Bischoff said he saw absolutely nothing in and didn't understand why he was even employed by TNA. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Promo, I'll say that. Yeah, I thought he was a cool personality. Pairing him I up with like Abyss was Abyss. like the most perfect pairing they could have had, I think. So, yeah, him with Abyss, him with uh, Judas Macias, I thought it was all good. I don't know. So this next match um, was Rhino defending the ECW World Television Title against Spike Dudley. Uh, no, I did not misspeak. That is the match. This is only going to end in way. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, just shy of ten minutes. I was shocked at the beginning because they start the match off hot with Spike jumping Rhino and laying into him. They're putting over that if if Spike hits the acid drop, he wins every time. (laughs) Which almost assuredly means he's going to hit it and not win. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they they put that away. I I like, by the way, that they, I mean, obvious, for obvious reasons, they renamed it in WWE. It wasn't the acid drop in WWE. They called it the the Dudley Dog. Was that it? Yeah. So, I mean, they're not going to have drug references on, you know, especially to dropping acid on WWE programming. So <laughs> for those of you thinking, oh, why did they why did they change the name? You know why. But anyway, uh Cyrus claims that he that uh, this reminds him of Canada's favorite national sport, dwarf tossing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the crap? Because the whole joke is he was like, oh, this reminds me of Canada's national sport. And Joey Styles says, oh, hockey, right? And he's like, no, dwarf tossing. 
And Joey Styles says, I must have missed that one at the Olympics. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they, they brawl with chairs and fight through the crowd because why wouldn't they? Spike jumps off of one of the ledges. Rhino hits the gore at one point and the crowd chants, Goldberg! Goldberg! Uh, I found that a little funny because the guy I said that looked like uh, Amish Roadkill that was a friend of mine, he said he hated Rhino because uh, he said ECW tried to make him into their Goldberg. And I'm like, I don't see that at all. They did? He's completely right? He was having squash matches and using the spear to finish him? He's spot yeah, on with that, dude. Spot on. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, but at least he wasn't bald and <laughs> with a goatee. Now, like, WWE just pounded that home with Ryback. Uh, I like Ryback, by the way. I'm not crapping on him. But either way, uh, Spike tapes Rhino's leg to the bottom rope, and he beats on it. But Rhino breaks free and chokes Spike out for the win. And then Spike throws up on Rhino's arm. Just because yeah. we got to make it gross. Well, he was probably having convulsions from all the acid drops. <laughs> My God. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this two and three, four stars. I gave it one and a half, maybe two stars, because I just, I did not like this. What say you? One star. Yeah, this sucked. Also, I, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, before we get to the next part, I, I got to be honest, this isn't the show I thought it was when I said we should do this show. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, why did you highly recommend this? I just this wasn't the like, one I was thinking of. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Kind of like when I suggested that one to a, uh, when a friend of ours messaged me, he's like, what should I watch? And I suggested one, and then he watched it and was like, that sucked. And I'm like, oh, wrong show, my bad. <laughs> to be very fair, all the ECW horrible shows run together. Uh, yeah, I, there's not one that stands out in my mind like, oh yeah, that show. I don't know. Rhino grabs the chair after the match, and he beats on Spike with it. He then sets up a table in the corner. He picks up a referee and rams him through the table. Uh, because reasons. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, man. But if there's one thing we can't get enough of, we go to the back. It's Steve Carino and Jack Victory in their locker room. Francine comes in, asking if Carino needs a warm-up. And Carino says that he already took care of himself. But Jack says that he's going to go get himself <sighs> over. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, come the hell on, man. Yeah. He took but, care of himself. <laughs> yeah. They then, Jack and Francine then go off into another room, and Just Incredible runs in. He jumps Steve Carino with a kendo stick. Credible knocks on the door to the other room and says, come on, we're done. And we hear Jack Victory howl in pain. Oh, <sighs> my gosh. Yeah. This is... What the hell was going on? I mean, I know what was going on, but just why was it going on? <laughs> this is another one of those moments where I watch it, and I'm like, why is this company not in business anymore, man? This was just great stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, Mikey Whitbrick and Tajiri with the Sinister Minister up next are taking on Super Crazy and a mystery partner. This goes just shy of 18 and a half minutes. Super Crazy gets beat on for a while when his mystery partner suddenly comes out. His music plays for quite a while before he comes out, by the way, so I don't think he was in that much of a hurry to save his, save Super Crazy. Uh, his partner, by the way, is Kid Cash. Uh, I don't understand, by the way, how Mikey Whipwreck hitting the whippersnapper to Kid Cash through a table for Kid Cash anymore. Mikey's literally putting his own ass through the table. 
And like yeah. Joey Styles, he's like, oh, the whippersnapper through the table. I'm like, it's a stunner. He lands on his own ass. I, that would hurt him. That makes him an idiot. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but anyway, in the end, <laughs> just like the visual of it now, like, yeah, stupid. And also, like that makes an idiot. Yeah, well, many things, but that's specifically. Uh, I, I, it's kind of like when whenever somebody would like like Jericho would lock in the walls of Jericho like on a on a table, and the announcers would be like, "Oh my gosh, that makes it hurt more." And I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> Added pressure. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll say that. We'll, we'll try to why. make some sense out of it. I don't know why I'm trying to make sense out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's no sense to be made, Greg. But anyway, uh, in the end, Tajiri sets three chairs on top of Super Crazy, and then he puts a table over top of them, and he double foot stomps through the table onto Super Crazy for the pin. That one didn't make much sense to me either. I'm like, why do you need the table? Because like you went through the table. To stomp on him, I, I don't know. Anyway, because the shards <laughs> of the edges that snap are going to stab him, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're still trying to justify stupidity, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why the hell I am. I just yeah. But Uncle Dave gave this three and three four stars, like mother of God. I gave it three stars because I did think it was probably the best match of the night. It wasn't all that great. Let's say you. I'm with you. I said three stars. I said best match of the night as well. And but I I mean that's like low praise. Yeah. So I don't know. <sighs> Nothing else to say about this one. This one. We Let's we get, get a weird <laughs> we get a weird promo now of Tony DeVito smoking a Stokie and Angel coming off of the subway on the at the thirty fourth street stop and saying that tonight there's gonna be a massacre on thirty fourth street. And of course they had to drop the F bomb because everybody on the show does. They're not even on the show. I was gonna say, what do they do? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're they're not on the show. Literally, right before the main event, what did this accomplish? Making sure we know they're a team now. Was that not previously established? <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. But we'll take our final last break here and dive into the main event at hand. We'll be right back after this. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. 
All right, the main event time. It's Steve Carino with Jack Victory in his corner. He's defending the ECW World Heavyweight title against Jerry Lynn and Justin Credible in a three-way dance. This went on for 22 minutes and 51 seconds. Apparently, Francine told Justin Credible that she won't be having sex with him again until he wins the ECW title. That's a pretty low bar to be pimping yourself out. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm like, that, that is what you're, like, all right, whatever. Uh, it's on par with everything else on the show. Carino is the only ECW champion all night that's entered last, by the way. I don't know why that's something I noticed, but the champions all came out first all night except for him. Uh, Just Incredible hurts himself by not flipping enough from a black back body drop, and he comes straight down with his knees and shins on the guardrail. And you can tell he's hurt because he starts cussing really loudly, and then he shoves Jerry Lynn off. He says, get the F off of me, and he walks away. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so Best like, stuff they're going to do all night. <laughs> yeah. Well, later on, Credible gets on the mic, and he starts cussing at both men while he's beating them up because I, I don't know why. This was stupid. Jerry Lynn ducks Credible, and Credible accidentally punches Francine right in the face, and then he hits That's Incredible on Jerry Lynn and eliminates him. Jerry Lynn honestly wasn't in, in this match very long, so I don't know if he was like, uh, hey, this is like one of my last matches, just you know, wrap it up quick, because I don't want to get hurt before I go to WWE. No, he would have a like a 30-minute match in the next pay-per-view. Oh, well, then I don't understand this one. Yeah, let's get Jerry Lynn out of the way so we can get to Credible and Carino. I know that was the feud, but it's just like those. Whatever. What made me confused about it is like Lynn was just the world champion. And yeah, he was trying to get it back. So they were lit. Yeah, they literally were like, ah, I guess we'll throw you in this match, you know, but we want to get you out of there quick so we can get to the real match. Whatever. Cyrus randomly leaves commentary. I don't know why. I, well, he said he was going to check on Francine, but then he never goes to check on Francine. I, I don't know. I, I never explained. But either way, Carino and Credible bleed all over, and we're not even able to see a lot of this match because they're wandering through the crowd. Uh, not that, that you know, it was going to make this better. But a ladder gets set up in the corner. Carino moves so that Credible dives into it. And then Carino hits the old school expulsion, which is a reverse twist of fate on Credible for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and one four stars. I gave it two and a half for very average. What say you? I gave it two. I liked all three guys in the match. I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how they didn't put on a better match. That surprises me. I mean, these three, these three guys could have put yeah. on a five star match together. Yeah. I don't know. This match kind of sucked. And I know it was ECW's thing where it's like, oh, weapons are involved. Everything is extreme. Blah, 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 blah. But. Like, it just watered down so many matches and made them worse than they should have been. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't like it at all. So much interference in every match. Weapons being used all over the place. The matches weren't good. And some of these should have been good. And they just weren't. They Again, really I just, I, for, I think I over, I don't know what I was thinking of when I said this show. Well, speaking of something that wasn't good to close the show, the Sandman rushes in after the match. He canes Jack Victory, and then he destroys his cane on Steve Carino's back. Sandman then says that Carino may be the ECW champion, but the belt is his. And he drinks beer, and he leaves with the ECW title. So, ah, yeah. yeah. I remember this because 
I always thought this was like funny. I'm not, I can't knock it because it was kind of original, but he steals the belt and then they hang out and have a ladder match the next month. And Sam actually wins it. It was like, so he stole it and then he actually wins it. So it's like, what was the point? He's just going to win it. So I always found that funny. To to set up the stipulation, of course. (laughs) I don't know. And then he loses it to Rhino in like 12 seconds. Of course, because. Because, you know, Goldberg and such. Those reasons. But all right. We're going to take our final break of the show. When we come back, it's final ratings, and we'll let you know what's coming up on the podcast. I swear to God, it will be better than this. We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. All right, we're back for the final ratings. IMDb, I don't know what they were watching, but uh, IMDb gave this 8.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net, however, gave it 5.41 out of 10. And I gave it 6.5 out of 10. What say you? You know, D+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, I say I, I gave it 6.5 out of 10 because it's like I didn't regret watching it. I just didn't care about it that much. I don't know. It wasn't that good. It, it was a reminder to me all. of why this company was terrible. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's nothing, uh, no mystery here. It's not like Evolution, which is a mystery. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to throw that in. That was clever. Ah. But, uh, yeah, so that wraps it up for our ECW show of the month. Looking ahead, we do have an ECW show in January from the previous year, 1999. That one might actually be good. That's that's one I, I was pulling for, I believe. Uh, but we'll talk about that, you know, moving forward. But next week, it is December 16th. Since December has five Wednesdays, that'll be... Uh, That'll be nice because we get in three Starcades. And our second of three Starcades is next week. We're going to be covering WCW Starcade 1996. So that's cool. I'm uh, looking forward Mashu to Century. covering that one. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it is Hogan and Piper yet again. This time, Hogan's the bad guy. Piper's the good guy. And they're both a lot older than the last time they did this. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, older, I don't know about wiser, they're just there. But 
Yeah, but I don't know what else is on. Made more money, so it's definitely wiser. Shit. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff on the card. I like the year 1996 and WCW. It was a fun year. I mean, it was a fun year in WWE as well. But yeah, WCW had some cool stuff cooking. This I feel like was the past just of shows even hovering the, around the 96. Time. Yeah, it was a fun era. So this this is only the second 96 show that we've covered from WCW, I believe. We've covered a few from WWF. We got Survivor Series. We got uh, Buried Alive. And I want to say there was one other that we covered from 96, but, but I could be wrong. Yeah, 96 was a fun time. If you go back in the archives, you want to get more 96 from WCW, we covered uh, Great American Bash 96. That one was fun. This one should also be a good one. But now, that last one, you could see, if you go back and listen, it was pre-NWO. This one will be, you know, the what were we, four or five months into the NWO run at this point? Mm, no. At December? Yeah. Five. No. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, that'll be interesting to see. And again, you know, Hogan and Piper did have, from what I remember, a pretty decent match. We just mocked it, but they had a pretty good match. I would never call it the match of the century, but, you know, there you have it. But that's coming up next week, everybody. And then December 23rd, we go back to the WWF. It is two days before Christmas, Christmas Eve Eve, if you will, covering WWF in your house, Degeneration X. Or actually, it's I'm Degeneration X in your house. So looking forward to watching that back. I've never seen it, so this will be a first watch for me. Yeah, it's really good. It, it was I mean, cool. it's nothing that, groundbreaking, but like, there's some moments in there that are just like historic. Shawn Michaels is wearing one of my favorite attires he ever wore, and I think he only wore it one time too. So specifically for that pay per view. That was uh, that was an alternate attire for him in the uh, Warzone video game for PlayStation. If anybody remembers, but yeah, I always so, found it funny, by the way, that they had a DX pay per view and then the next December they would have Rock Bottom. So it looked like they were yeah. having a trend with, the, and before that it was it's time for for Vader, but it wasn't for Vader. It was just called it's yeah, time. no, no, uh, right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a cool thing they did, and then '99 they just deal away with it. Yeah, well. Here's another thing. Shawn Michaels is the only person who the pay-per-view is named after that actually main evented the damn show. The Rock did not main event uh, Rock Bottom, did he? No. No, and Vader did not main event match, time. But... <laughs> yeah, so what the hell. But yeah, yeah that does that. Or that that's it for that. Uh, uh, like I said, next week, Starcade 96. Week after that, uh, uh, DX in your house. And then we've got some good stuff for the end of the, the month as well that we'll get into Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And as always, Mondays is the main event figure federation. We just had our first pay-per-views uh, a couple weeks ago, so go check those out and get caught up on champs. all the goodness. Yes. And uh, get caught up on all of that. And, and we will have our next pay-per-views on the 27th of December. So uh, look out for those as well. Tell all your friends and family and follow us on social media. We talk about it going into the break. And also follow at Main Event Collector on Instagram. That's Greg's. And if you like figures and collecting and all that good stuff, that's the Instagram for you. But we'll see you all next week when we dive into another Starcade from 1996. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a Happy New Year. 
The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.